Today, This American Dice presents Dungeon World. Dungeons and Dragon Balls. <clears throat> so, in 1996 or 1997 or so, uh, in Fairlawn, New Jersey, I was able to convince my mother to bring me to a comic and game store and uh, I had just recently gotten into Dungeons and Dragons because a friend's older brother had kind of subjected us to it and it blew my fucking mind. And uh, my mother was kind enough to bring me to this store and endure dealing with the nerds at this store, including a man that was wearing a rubber fish uh, on a string as a necklace who was like, you could describe how you're fighting the orcs just and say, oh, you missed. Or you could say, your, your sword arcs wildly as the light glints off of it. And he was really kind of hamming it up. I'm not sure if they were hitting on my mom or not. But, um, wait a minute. <gasps> I look exactly like that guy. That was my real dad. No, so, um, but my mother bought me the 1995, uh, Intro to Dungeons and Dragons box set, and I thought it was amazing. It had a shortened version of the second edition rules. It had a uh, monster manual that was also kind of short. It had three um, adventures, like modules in it. It had a big map with all of these details for two of the adventures. It came with a CD, a compact disc of like sound and music and ambient noises, as well as weird kind of voice acting of like guys saying, ah, yo, there's so many mosquitoes. Warrior, you can't fight these mosquitoes with your sword. That's why you don't like them. Ha ha ha. Like a lot of that kind of stuff. Anyway, flash forward about, um, what is it, 20 three to 25 years later, and uh, I figured, why don't I take this stuff and actually run something with it for the podcast? So we present to you, This American Dice presents to you um, Dungeon World, but Dungeon World as done through the second edition 1995 Intro to Dungeons & Dragons box set. Uh, their module was called The Tomb of Damara. Instead, we have named this Dungeons and Dragon Balls. If this was a movie or if this was a TV show, we would see our four main characters um, kind of trudging through a fairly dense but quiet wood. And um, they've, um, we would get like a quick shot of each of them. So could we go to each of you guys and get a very, very brief description of what your character you know, like, looks like what they're wearing, that kind of thing. Like, if they're holding, like, and I'm holding a giant battle axe, like, what, like, that kind of thing. Just just a couple of sentences, and um, just so that, like, as we see you trudging through this forest, we're like, okay, we get a quick visual of each person, then we'll do a roll, and then we'll hop away from this scene for a second. Cool. Do you want to start left, uh, you want to start from Sully, or do you want me to go first, Sully? Go first. Go for it, Why? So, uh, pans to me, I, um, 
I look like uh, like a bigger version of Anton Chigurh from No Country from Old Men. I'm like super built, but I have like these really nice puppy dog eyes, wild hair, uh, tan skin. I'm looking around. I have I'm carrying this giant axe, and um, I talk. I don't really yell a lot, but I talk uh, softly and say like, "Guys, is like my axe, Matthew McConaughey." Does it look good? That's it. Nice. So we meet uh, we meet Lady Dirty Panda, as he's known, and we know, learn that his axe is also named Matthew McConaughey. All right. Then uh, a little bit behind him, we see our thief, uh, Sulzberg. Um. Yeah, I would say uh, Sulzberg. Um, I'm a well, a, a halfling, obviously, not wearing shoes, as is as is my nature. Um, I'm uh, nibbling away at my at my afternoonsies snack, uh, as has been evidenced by the fact that I am, in fact, nibbling away at my snack. Uh, and uh, comically uh, decked out in very uh, appropriate thief regalia, and uh, attempting to to jump into each footstep uh that literary panda has left uh so as to not make my own new tracks okay while cool. eating I'm, I'm multi-talented like that yeah he's chewing on some uh some just like a loaf of bread all right uh my dog so uh mad dog is mad dog. uh maybe bringing up the rear he's uh just this sort of like slow doddering old man. Uh, he's wearing a sort of a rough spun uh, brown robe. He lo- he just looks like an old peasant. He doesn't really look like a traditional, I guess, wizard out of uh, comic books. Uh, and he's sort of leaning on a on a, a big staff and sort of talking to himself. All right. And finally, Dobby Dahl. <clears throat> uh, he's pretty typical looking dwarf as you might imagine a fantasy dwarf he wears robes as a cleric would he has a war hammer and a shield strapped to his back uh he's got um pretty well kept brown hair in the like braids through his beard and like a tiara type headpiece on uh and he is like taking care of like the mule that um the, the company keeps their rations and such on and also as a typical dwarf uh, he frequently goes over to the meal, which is like laden with these uh, large, two large barrels on either side of it, and he just like uses a spigot one of them, and it's the bolt is full of ale. So like his water skin is full of beer, and he's constantly drinking that. All right, cool. So wait, is the dwarf like constantly drunk since he's always drinking ale? Yes, but as a dwarf, it's hard to tell the difference. Except oh, that nice. if he was completely not drunk, he'd probably be very upset. <laughs> I love it. It's a bender situation. Bender yeah. from Futurama. Yeah. And this is uh, ale PBR. I couldn't couldn't quite make that out. Uh, oh no, yeah, that's it's uh, but PBR in this world is um I wish one of those letters was a D so I could at least go with dwarf something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh no it's a it's a Mil- it's uh, Miller Dwarf uh, Miller Genuine Dwarf. There we go. Yeah. It's your M G D. Okay, cool. All right, so we see these characters kind of trudging along through these woods, and um, 
there's what looks like a trail, but that trail is very disused. Like, uh, you could very clearly tell there's a lot of underbrush that's kind of grown up around it. There's tree limbs that you guys have to periodically um, either go under or go over or just the Dirty Panda straight up has, is like, fuck it, and just chops it down with his axe, whatever it might be. This game has a mechanic uh, that when you set out on a long and perilous journey, that's kind of some different parts of it are summed up in one quick roll rather than have us go like, okay, the first leg of the journey, you encounter this and then this and then this and then this. It's just all kind of done on one thing. So there's going to be one roll that will represent you getting to your destination. And we'll talk about where that destination is in a moment. Um, but there are three... Now oh, I have to bring this up myself. There are three roles. There's a scout who obviously scouts ahead and looks for danger. There is a trailblazer who attempts to make your journey faster and kind of like set things a little more quickly. Sets basically the pace. And the quartermaster who is in charge of the supplies. So those are the three roles and like like jobs or positions. And um, all of them require a wisdom role. So if three of you want to call some of those, one of those jobs, if we can have you make that roll in a minute. Well, I think I've sort of established a quarter mastery type thing going on. Yeah, I was going to say, can we, um, can we suggest or can we nominate people? Because I was going to nominate the drunk dwarf. Absolutely. Yeah, so maybe Carl uh, as Dawi Dahl is going to be the quartermaster who can possibly reduce the number of rations required. Dude, I trust you, bro. <laughs> roll, roll that shit. You want me to do it now? Uh, let's let's hold off. We'll have everybody make their rolls in just a little bit. All right. So who's going to be our trailblazer who essentially sets the pace? Uh, it could help us go either make this journey faster or make it take longer. Uh, I would nominate. Um, hold on. And I lost my. Oh, a panda. Right. Yeah, dude. I'll I'll be the trailblazer. Nice. And uh, I suppose I'd make sense as as scout. I would agree with that as well. Defer to the uh, wisdom and experience of the group. (laughs) Cool. Well, all right. So the unfortunate thing with this this move in this game is that all of those roles are wisdom roles. So it's, it's good that it's just nice and easy, but it's a little annoying because it seems like some of those would be different skills that would require different stats, but could um, La Dirty Panda, Sulzberg, and Dawi Dal each make a wisdom roll for us? Just uh, one D6. It's two D6 plus whatever your wisdom modifier is. Oh, I got a six. Oof. My highest trait. I got a four plus whatever my modifier is. I got a nine plus zero. Okay, so Wally, the Dirty Panda's wisdom is zero, so it looks like yours is at a four. Oof, sorry, yes. Which is, which is not great. <laughs> we both failed, though. You guys are kind of uh, trudging through this forest and trudging through this forest, and like I said, there's... Um, there is a trail, but it's very disused. It's very old. There's a lot of undergrowth that's kind of grown back up through it. And what part of that means is it's taking you guys a longer time to move along. Plus, uh, Dolly Doll, 
while very good about keeping track of the rations and the supplies that you guys have, is um, stopping very, very regularly to dip into those exact supplies. So a combination of the environment and the regular, regular stops means this journey has taken a, a good bit longer than you would have expected, and it's also taken uh, up more of your rations. I think this place is very, very close by, so I think it's only two days away. So I think that... Um, I'm taking seven days. Yeah. No, it's it's actually described as like wildly close to where you start. <clears throat> yeah, the camera zooms out. We're still behind the city gates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just in town, technically. Yeah. We've all been drinking ale instead of water. <laughs> yeah. You guys are like, we're so fucking far away. We've gone too far. Okay, so everybody's going to have to, and if you don't have these, you're going to have to, I'll just say, reduce your number of rations by two. Everybody, lo each character loses two. Well, okay, so now we're at 12. It's an unsolvable math problem. Yeah, there's, there's no yeah, way I'm to I'm really know. just guessing, actually. Yeah. It's rent time from the Hadron Collider, and maybe we can figure it out. Cool. cool. I just wanted to uh, dungeon rations and did three out of five instead of five out of five, right? All right, cool. I'll do that. Yep, yeah, you got fine. it. Cool. So, meanwhile, though, uh, Sulzberg, as thief... As a, as a thief who's good about kind of being very aware of his surroundings and actually possibly benefiting from the very slow pace that you guys are taking. One of the things that you notice is that uh, you did see a group of uh, creatures like out skulking through the woods and they were far off enough where you're like, I'm not sure what those are. Um... And you were able to maybe get a little bit closer and look just to see them enter the castle of Demera. Like Gamera, the giant turtle monster, but with a D, Demera. Nice. Um, and the thing, the things, the two creatures that you see are gnolls. You're able to spot this creature, and maybe you have encountered these creatures before. You can tell me if you have or not. But you... Uh, You'll point a knob knobby finger and say, that's a gnoll. I've, I've roughly described what they apparently looked like to me, and I uh, am re requiring somebody else to fill me in on what those things actually are. I ask, I ask him, as you were trying to describe it, I'm like, like that tale about Lion King and hyenas. There you go. Yeah, so gnolls, in fact, are basically like humanoid or anthropomorphic hyena creatures, and... Uh, you see them kind of like rush back into the castle gates and they close like a, a gate, a, like a portcullis behind them. And we see a shot of the ca of Castle Demera. It's battered walls kind of smashed. Um, it's towers collapsed, but like the base of the thing, it's first floor or first story, whatever you want to call it, walls still standing fairly strong, though the castle seems to have been in disuse for a few centuries. And then we flash back to figure out why the hell we're even here. <laughs> All right. So 
we join our, uh, and I put a picture of a knoll from the 1995 D&D Beginners box set in the uh, Google Doc under NPCs. That's a majestic looking knoll. I know. It's like horse king of the knolls. Yeah, you can you can mess around with it. Um, so we we uh, we join Sulzberg, the Dirty Panda, Dawi Dal, and Madog in um, the Red Dragon Inn or the Red Dragon Tavern in the town of Freedale. It's a busy place filled with drinkers and musicians. A few local folk uh, play darts in one corner, and things in town have been quiet. In fact, so quiet, in fact, that the heroes have not had a single chance for an adventure. Yeah, a little too quiet. Well, it's more like, it's less like, oh, this is so quiet, it's boring, or it's suspicious, and more it's so quiet, it's boring. Um, You guys have worked with each other or encountered each other before. You have met up, you've been drinking together, you've been hoping maybe some kind of work will show up your way, and uh, for maybe a day or two it hasn't. And just when you guys uh, feel that making fun of bragging peasants is the most exciting thing that you're going to be able to do here in the town of Freedale, you hear a trumpet that blares in the street and a town crier who looks like um, one of the Bee Gees with a Prince Valiant haircut Nice. Um, has important news. And so a lot of the folks either like go to the doorway or even go out into the street and he unfurls this comically long proclamation. He stands on top of a stool that's only like, uh, it's a little step stool. So he's only probably a foot taller than he had been before. And he unfurls this proclamation that rolls all the way down to his feet. And he says, hear ye, hear ye. A terrible tragedy has bestruck this fair city. The high wizard Nethril needs stout heroes to undertake a dangerous quest. If there be a thief, warrior, wizard, and cleric brave enough to match his words with deeds, let them follow me to the High Wizard's Tower. And, uh, I think there's, like, kind of a a lot of discussion amongst all the people at the at the tavern, and there's other warriors who are like, well, I'm a warrior, and this is my friend, but he's also a warrior. That's uh, not what they described in the in the job description. And there's two two other people who are like, well, I'm a thief, and he's a cleric. Oh, what an unlikely pair we are, just the two of us out here on the road. And it's not working together, and then you look at Thelma and Louise, and they hold hands, and they jump off a cliff. And, uh, uh, yeah. So you guys look and you realize, wait, why the four of us are a warrior and a wizard and a thief and a cleric. So I um, I actually turn around and say, Sulzberg, Dawi Dal, Mad Dog, we're so close because we have a thief, a cleric, and a wizard, but we don't really have a fighter. And I look sad and look down. Oh, come now, lad. I think we've got the best fighter in the bunch. He like slap you so hard in the back that uh, some, half your drink froths out. I smile. <laughs> so so Panda's insecure as well. <laughs> yeah. um, Wait. Now we just need a thief, a wizard, and a cleric. <laughs> <laughs> and like much more gently, Dawi will like sort of like put Mad Dog like like stand him up and like push him out like onto the floor and like come on now we're we're, we're gonna take a walk all right 
Yeah. All right. Cool. So while all the other groups around are like, oh, we're just missing a wizard. We've got a cleric, a thief and a and a warrior. They're all kind of like oh. d- debating among themselves. Like, oh, like, some of groups are like hungry, like looking over at Mad Dog and like thinking mm-hmm. about it. But then yeah. you're like, I don't know. This guy can like barely stand up. Sure. Yeah. There's there's one there's one group of of three people who are like, oh, as a you're a you're a warrior, but you're extremely religious. Does that count as a cleric? There's like a <laughs> and the guys and that guy's just like his response is something like, I don't know, man. I don't know if the spirits moved me yet. And they're like, see, this is why we think you'd be perfect. But they're there's they're busy you having have gone to seminary. Yeah. Yeah. But he has his doubts. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know me. And he, we just see a shot on him, and there's a tear going down his face. Yeah. Um, but, and so, meanwhile, like a bunch of these people are like, oh, I guess not. And they kind of hang their heads downtrodden and kind of kick the dust a little bit and Charlie Brown it back inside. And uh, you four are standing there, and this, this town crier is like, are you the heroes, the adventurers who are going to join us? I turned more into a like a old timey announcer than a town crier, but um, Zawiel will like sort of nudge uh, Lit Dirty Panda forward, be like, "Go on." I look at him and say, "Yes." Oh well, then follow me, and he uh, jauntily strolls towards. Um, the tower of the high wizard Nethril. Nethril's tower that the uh, town crier brings you to is made of gray stone with a few big rooms on each floor. Most rooms contain many tables covered with scrolls, books, bubbling beakers, and strange stuffed creatures. You see the the taxidermied, a taxidermied owl bear. You see um, like a taxidermied owl and a taxidermied bear. I touch the owl and mm-hmm. it just falls and it breaks and I just like sweep it under Whatever shelf it is. Yeah, one of the one of the guards is like, "Oh, great, I'm gonna get fired." <laughs> My family. The guards starve. Yeah, the guards outside the wizard's tower step aside and let the characters enter. It's weird that I gave you a description of what was going on before. Oh, it, before in. Yeah, that's an example of how this is written, where you got a description of what was inside the tower before you went inside. I gotcha. We have seen it. Yeah, yeah. It, the the in in fact, the town crier is describing this. He's like, you see, there's 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 rooms with bubbling beakers. He's very excited about it. The guards outside the wizard's tower step aside and let the and let you guys enter. A servant there um, bows to you and runs up ahead to tell Nethro that some adventurers have arrived. When you enter Nethro's chamber, and you can see him in that uh, image being being a wizard um the old wizard rises he strokes his long white beard as he looks at you guys and he says i'll be brief and to the point 
two days ago, the Elven Lord Terran set off on a secret mission to the ruins of Damara's castle. Well, he's not returned! I fear that he's come to a foul end. Before he left, he said something about an ogre and an orb. A singing orb. If the orb falls into evil hands, it will be the death or slavery for everybody in the realm. Listen, I need you to go deal with this. For all this, I'll pay you each 100 gold pieces, but not a penny more. What am I, made of money? <laughs> <laughs> and Zowie, uh, unable to help himself. Now, hold on, uh, Laddie, despite him clearly being older appearing than him. Uh, what's so special about this orb? So special about the orb, you say? That's Why what I orb? say. No, I'm glad you... I'm glad you reasserted it. I wasn't positive. We agree now. Yes. All right. Then enjoy your adventure. No, wait. What? What? Yes. What? Why is this orb so powerful that it could enslave the realm? That's right. You wanted to know about the orb. Why the orb is known as the orb of dragon kind. And it was a powerful magical item that could change a person into a dragon once its magical secrets were unlocked. It was lost a long time. Yes, a dragon. And then I look really excited because, you know, I believe I'm a dragonborn. Can I uh, consult my knowledge about the lore about these sort of things? Uh, sure. Let me just finish. <laughs> yeah, let this guy just finish this spiel. So it was lost a long time ago. I have a scroll that here that tells more about it. Your wizard can read it on the way. Dowie will, uh, if, he, if he's handing a scroll, Dowie will sort of take it before it gets to matter. Be like, oh, that, that's okay. I'll, I'll hang on to it. All right. Well, we see that someone here is really, uh, really trying to be the alpha. All right. I see how it goes. Toth would be pleased if, uh, Toth is pleased when his servants learn more. We'll all read it. Don't worry. Excellent. I could tell that you were a servant of Toth by the holy symbol you carry, which is what again? Oh, Obviously, yeah. I can see it. But I want you to remind everyone else. You can see it hanging like where his weapons are, like off his back. It's a tin cup with a string attached to the bottom of it. Of course. We all saw that you had a tin, tin cup with a string on it hanging off of your back, like all of the servants of Toth. Well, all right. So you guys are down to go to this castle and get this orb and find, uh, find Terran, the... I turn around and and tell the rest of the group, guys, this guy fits in over here. I think we could get more money out of him. Oh. If money you need, you can have mine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. So you're down to go get this orb and find my buddy Terran, the elf lord who disappeared and who I'm very worried about and also similarly worried about all of us being killed or enslaved. I'm in. Well, I was hoping to read that scroll, but I can't find my spectacles anywhere. Yes. I'll read it to you, wizard. Don't you worry. And he will actually do that as soon as you ask him to. Could you do that? I read the scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Can you uh, tell right. us what's in the scroll? Absolutely. So, in reading the scroll, 
that Nethril gave uh, gave you. And so are you still just standing in his office reading the scroll? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We just turn our backs to him. It's like, this is our office <laughs> yeah. now. And I think he's like, I was trying to give that to you so you could read it on the way and save some time, but go on. I'll sound like an hour, like discussing this thing. <laughs> Sounding the words out. You, all of you are all very poor readers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, could, I can't read common that well, but I insist on reading it as like seeing myself as a lore keeper. Gotcha. I can, but my eyesight's not what it used to be. <laughs> um, so I cannot read. You also cannot read. Okay, so uh, you guys were able to learn from the scroll that Nethril gave to you uh, that Demera was a great king who ruled with the power of the orb. Um, this was like centuries ago. 20 years ago, an ogre named Bone, Bone Nasher, Nasher attacked the castle in search of the orb. I'm sorry. I got to restart this because the way I told this story doesn't make as much. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to keep it. Now we know the bad guy's name. Oh, no, it's, it it presents it presents this castle as like ancient and decrepit, and then it basically says actually this only happened 20 years ago. Uh, so again, I think that's a, a thing. So um, 20 years ago, an ogre named Bone Nasher, Bone Nasher. Uh, attacked. Uh, attacked towns nearby here and uh, seems to have a hold up in the castle in search of the orb. Um, the orb, though, had been hidden by Demera somewhere in the castle, and this whole time Bone Nasher has been searching for it. So it seems as though Nethril is afraid that Bone Nasher will find this orb and perhaps use its power to turn himself into a dragon and lay waste to this very town of Freedale and perhaps either kill or enslave all therein. Cool. So he's been chilling in the castle for 20 years? <laughs> um, apparently, 20 years ago, he came into the area, and for a long time, he's been searching for this stuff. Uh, yeah. And the castle, is, there, is the castle, like, really nearby? Is that where we... Why the castle's only a only a only a couple days ride away. I'm glad you guys left uh, the wizard Nethril. That voice was killing me. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was planning on doing a different voice, but that was the one that came out when I started talking. So, That's hilarious. Of course, uh, Panda had to go reveal his prejudices against people from other cult cultures. So we are we are we are saying that uh, Wally, that your character is a dragonborn. Well, I I'm a human, but I think I'm a dragonborn. Okay. But so no one like... really no one really knows because dragonborns aren't really a thing. Okay. I but love that like, idea. Yeah, Although but I... I I can swear that I'm a dragonborn. Uh since I I really like gold and rocks. You're like oh, that can make you stories... a dwarf. Stories in my family say that we're descended from 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 the those born of dragons. Exactly. So an orb that can turn one into a dragon must sound uh, pretty damn appealing. I got super excited about that. Thematically resonant. Mm -hmm. um, it, I, one of my favorite characters was a halfling who believed he, he was a man. Like he was like, <laughs> like an orphaned boy who was raised by halfling. And he, he just got like man size. He's just like, oh, I'm just a very big halfling. And they have, nobody like had the heart to tell him that wasn't the case. And then he goes out in the world and has to discover, like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's awesome. It is late in the day by the time you heroes 
you brave adventurers reach the castle. A cold wind blows through the dead trees around the ruin. Dark clouds make everything seem gray and lonely. The castle sits on the top of a hill and can be seen um, for somewhat of a distance, even through the trees of the forest. Once it had strong walls and tall towers. Now the towers have fallen and the walls have collapsed in many places. There were once multiple stories, but now really only the ground floor seems to exist, though a ground floor of a castle is built quite a bit above uh, the ground outside. There's a heavy door at the gate, kind of a portcullis situation, like a, like a, you know what I mean? Um, like a prison gate kind of thing that comes down. There's a heavy door in the gate, but it looks like it could be opened with a little oomph. I, um, I pat Dowie's head and, uh, and say to him, looks like castle will fall down, pan down lift. And I go and try to lift the gate without All right. consulting anyone, just going and lifting by myself. That works perfectly. You actually have a move called bend bars, lift gates. Yeah. Wait, do I? Yes. As a fighter, you do. Oh, sweet. It should be on the first page of your character sheet. Oh, yeah. I have uh, bend bar, uh, lift gates. Nice. You got it. So uh, I go in, uh, I lift the gate. All right, so you're going to roll 2d6 and add your strength modifier to the result. All right, I rolled a 10, and then uh, my strength modifier is... Um, it's 2. 2. All right, so a 12 is a very good success. So you have some uh, options when you do that. So you are indeed going to lift this up, and I think this thing... Um, can be lifted there seems to be like you can look on the other side of it there's a series of ropes and this gate is fairly rusty and that kind of thing there's like a series of ropes that go over probably a beam above the door that um the people inside this castle are using to lift the gate um this signature weapon trying to find your yeah i um there it is on a 10 plus you can choose three it doesn't take a very long time. Nothing of value is damaged. It doesn't make an inordinate amount of noise. You can fix the thing again without a lot of effort. Uh, I can choose three. I do. It doesn't take a lot of time. Nothing of value is damaged. And it doesn't make an uh, inordinate amount of noise. All right. So we see the dirty panda grab this thing, and he's able to use his strength to slowly um, but steadily kind of lift this gate up. And um, he's able to kind of like push it. Uh, oh, how about this? Instead of that, you rather than just lift the thing up, which you think will scrape a bunch of like metal against stone. Instead, you basically realize like it's almost like a door on a track, like a sliding door mm-hmm. kind of thing. And you realize, wait, if I just kind of bend this one thing, I can just pop it off of the track. Nice. And so you just do that. So this door is broken for sure but you did it very quickly and very quietly. And you're able to just put this door off to the side <laughs> and um, you just kind of enter this, uh, this very small kind of entrance way. And that, that's the annoying thing is this, this room is kind of just like a, the only 
obstacle there was this gate. There is another door ahead of you that seems like it's in better shape and even seems like it is uh, much more easily opened. All right. So as I um, can so uh, I open this door, does, does I... it look suspicious? Well, does does it look suspicious? Well, if you think that this is a dangerous area as the thief, one of the things that you can do is to um, yeah, like to uh, kind of survey the area, take a little abs- look. Absolutely, you could see if there is a trap um, set here. That's one of your, I think, trap expert is what that role is. That move is called. Indeed, it is. The trap so I, was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so as I try to go past the first door, you slap my hand and say, like, no. And then I, like, look <laughs> and, like, step back away from the whole entire first door. There you go. So, Sulzberg, when you spend a moment to survey a dangerous area, roll plus dex. Uh, seven plus, I think, two. Yeah, seven plus two, nine. Nine. All right, on a seven to nine, you get to hold one of these things. One, you could ask one of these questions. Is there a trap here? And if so, what activates it? What does the trap do when activated? And what else is hidden here? Uh, I don't know if there's a trap here and what activates it. All right. Here's the awesome thing. There is not a trap here, but uh, very just so that this role isn't just like there's not a trap. That's all. I mean, hey, um, that's pretty good. You when can you hear got on two the- gates, you know? Yeah. I have five, no. I have, I have five- Mad Dog and Dowie for like knowing there's no traps. Yeah. Um, one of the good things is you're able to hear voices on the other side. And the voices on the other side are kind of these like growly, high pitched voices. And they're going to be fun to do in a moment. Good thing um, they didn't hear us coming in. Yeah. And you, you're like, yeah, good thing they didn't hear us coming in. Uh, but you can tell there are definitely at least two beings that are speaking to one another on the other side of this door. Yo. There's some dudes over there, y'all. Or somethings. Mm. Can't tell what they are, but there's two of them. I so. look over, I look D- over to uh, Matt Dog since he's really old and he must know things. Well, I have a spell for killing two gnolls on the other side of a door, but since we don't know whether or not they're gnolls, I don't mm. know if it'll have any effect. Classic wizard's conundrum. Classic wizard's conundrum. <laughs> All right. Um, we saw a couple of gnoll-like things running into this castle in the that's uh, right. in the preamble. Sure. Um, if one of you guys actually, if you're maybe either Sulzberg or Madog or whomever, wants to maybe put their ear to the door and kind of listen in, you could try to figure out some additional stuff. I'll happily do that. I have yeah. a, a tool for this. So mm-hmm. I uh, I take off my, uh, the symbol of my order, this uh, tin cup with a string on it, and I put the tin <laughs> cup up to the door. Yes. I say, I like put my finger to my lips and say, uh, Toth grants those who trust him with great gifts. Observe. And he like goes to listen at, on the cup, um, and while he does that, uh, this castle is made of stone, right? This castle is mostly made of stone. Yes, this door is made of wood, but the castle is mostly That's made fine. of fine. So I'm going to touch the stone next to the wood door, and as a dwarven cleric, I have something called words of unspeaking. Whenever I touch stone, I can ask it questions. Sure. 
Okay, that's 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 a very very different version of what I thought we were gonna do. But go for it. That's a specific power. I thought you were just gonna listen in and be like, "What do I hear?" But I feel yeah, like you he's probably tried that a bunch of times and realized that doesn't work. Okay, <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so he's gonna ask the stone, "What's in the next room?" Um, do you have to make a roll on this? Nope. I'll read it to you. <laughs> Sure. It Where's says, it? With, a, with a touch, you speak to the spirits within things. The non-living object you touch answers three questions you pose as best it can. <laughs> I will, I'll try not to ask anything too ridiculous. Like, where's the bad guy, and how do we get the orb out of here? <laughs> yeah. No, you definitely have to ask that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, so um, what was your question again? What's in the next room? What's in the next room? And um, if again, if this is a TV show... We see like a close up on a on a stone, and it seemed like a little dust falls off of it, and you hear like um, you hear a voice that says like uh, like the ones, the who, ones track, who track the ones the who ones who hunt have come, have here, come here on their lunch on their break. Lunch break. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, second question: uh, What would be what would be the easiest way to defeat them? As you say that, I take out my axe and mm-hmm. whisper into Matthew McConaughey soon. Yeah. Uh, the ones the who ones hunt who follow a leader, 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 a pack, a pack, they, a pack, they, a pack, they are, they are. Always, always there is an there alpha. Is an alpha. Alright, last question. What's in Mad Dog's bags? Right. I have no idea if I'd be able to answer this, but I want to like <laughs> ask something that will impress the group if I have an answer to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's like, um, yeah, I, I don't think it has an answer to that one. Damn it. All right. You'll turn to the group and you'll say, um, it's like, I don't know, but it sure smells like onions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like this would be like out loud. I wouldn't be like, I don't know, actually. Would it be out loud? That's up to you, man. I think it'd be in my head. Okay, you're just touching um, the stone, being like, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. It. Just like eyes fluttering, like, woo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll turn to the group and say, two knolls, I can tell. All right. <laughs> there we go. All right, my dog, use your fucking spell, bro. Okay. I have just the spell for this. Madog will push open the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then he'll cast magic missile on the nearest knoll. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right. I I pasted into the uh the map section the room that you're going into. And there are indeed two knolls. And um we don't need to worry about the grid action or the rubble, but there is a lot of like rubble and messed up shit in this room. There's also like several doors kind of like leading off of it, but inside there are indeed two gnolls, these like hyena like creatures, and they seem to be eating, um, they're eating like, uh, like they each, they split a rabbit and they're like gnawing on this rabbit and they see you guys and they're like, they're like, huh? And, uh, yeah, so you're just gonna try to like knock this door open and blast these gnolls? Yes. 
more like slowly like creak it open they go oh yeah <laughs> that too oh shit there was a detail I, I should have brought up earlier but I'll, I'll have to edit this in when you guys were in that previous room that where you were just kind of like talking it uh, it looks like there had been a fight in this area and uh, as if someone had been dragged to the castle gate and there's a I small know, scrap of tattered brown cloth yeah, it looks like Knowles had done this. Anyway, <laughs> so now you're face to face with the Knowles. <laughs> uh, Knowles. Oh, okay. Um, so, hmm. You guys hadn't made any noise. I want to see if you can get. You know what? Fuck it. You got the. You still have to make a roll for this spell. So let's see if we'll say that you got the drop on these Knowles at the moment. Go ahead and roll your magic missile. I rolled a four. You're right. You rolled a four. So that didn't go so well. <laughs> so I wrote a total of a six, sorry. Still total failed. of a six. That's still not good. Is there a way somehow that somebody else could help you with this? Definitely not. I'll roll if it's possible. Um, is there a way yeah, that if, maybe... If anyone has a bond with me and has something that would make sense. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, Mine is, Mad Dog is in constant danger. I will keep him safe. Oh, that one good. could maybe work. Yeah. Okay. So just just to speed things up, what if you were the one who like quickly opened the door so he could shoot the spell off so it wasn't an old man slowly opening a heavy wooden door and then also casting a spell? Yeah, like he starts creaking open. We're like, wait, this is your plan? It's like slowly, like very loudly <laughs> opening. And so I just like kick it in all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, cool. So Carl, go ahead and roll 2d6 plus one since you have one bond with him. 11. 11's pretty good, so that kicks that uh, 6 up to a 7, right? Right. So, on a 7, uh, I can choose one. I draw unwelcome attention or put myself in the spot. Uh, spell disturbs the fabric of reality. Um, or I can forget the spell. I'm going to uh, draw unwelcome attention to myself. Okay. Sounds good. Alright, so your magic missile spell does how much damage? 2d4. 2d4. So go ahead and roll that damage. And let's see how much damage you do to these gnolls. Or do to... Are you attacking a target? I, I did a total of two. A total damage. of two damage. <laughs> and yeah, no, I'll say I'll split that between both of them. Can you do that? No, I don't know. <laughs> let's just have you shoot blast one of these guys. Fine, sure. <laughs> okay. But can I lower the damage somehow? <laughs> yeah, you know what? All right, so... Um, one of these knolls is like standing there and it has a uh... I guess these weren't river knolls this was a spell for uh, killing two river knolls yeah <laughs> these look like forest knolls yeah they each have um, what do they have uh, one has a mace and one has a spear um, you can always tell the forest knolls one yeah. always has a mace the other always has a spear that's, that's the old saying um, if only I had seen that before coming through the store right so you blast the one with a with a with a with the mace and it's like yeah and um uh, i think the the response is the one with the spear um goes to try to like thrust this at uh mad dog did uh did either of them drop uh their half of rabbit <laughs> yeah i think i think the one with the they they both did okay i'd like to go uh skitter around while he's drawing this unwanted attention and grab the uh the head of the rabbit and stuff it in my pouch. Okay. Well, we can. Uh, yeah, we can. We can see if we can have you. Uh... Oh, you want to scoop this? This. Okay. Sure. 
So we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Um, Madog, are you just down to be skewered by the spear? I don't think there's anything I can do about it, so yeah. I, as the spear is flying through the air, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, uh, un, uh, what is it? Sheath? Whip out. Sheath? Yeah. Whip, whip out. I whip out Matthew McConaughey <laughs> and just fucking take, take the spear like mid flight uh, out. Okay. So is your goal more to attack the knoll or more to protect my dog? I do. It's a swift move where I, it, I knock it out and then I go for a stabbing motion. Okay. Through the spear. That sounds more like a defend move. So could you go ahead and roll 2d6 plus your constitution bonus? All right. What's my constitution bonus? It is um, one. You got one. And 2d6. I roll eight. So I get a nine. Cool. So with that, you get to choose one of these things. You can redirect an attack from the thing you defend to yourself. You can have the attack's effect or damage. You can open up the attacker to an ally, giving that ally plus one forward. Or you could deal damage to the attacker equal to your level, which at the moment is one, so that's not the world's best. Yeah, so I open him up uh, for the uh, for an attacker, and since Sulzberg is already stealing the head of a rabbit, uh, he can attack from right there. Okay, so that, that's your game plan? You're going to op- op- open this guy up? Yeah. Okay, so, all right, so I think what this looks like then in that case is this knoll kind of, like, charges forward with this spear, and uh, it is going to hit uh, Madog. Oh, and, and before before you say that, uh, the reason I'm not attacking it, it's because I'm trying to make Sulzberg hard, you know, because nice. like, he's so soft. He's so soft, we got to make him hard. Exactly. Okay. So, in that case, um, Lee, could you roll a d8? Yeah, sure thing. Wait, did, didn't I, like, deflect it? So, I think that you're able to... You're I able to two. You roll a two. All right, so you're going to take two damage. I think you're able to put yourself in a position where now, while... Well, you didn't uh, attack the knoll directly. You didn't totally, you didn't prevent it from um, attacking uh, Mad Dog initially. Gotcha. You put this creature in a position where if an ally of yours wants to attack it, it will be easier to do so because it's now busy theoretically doing what it was trying to do and deal with you. And then a third element will be kind of like too much gotcha. to do it. Am, am I behind this thing right now, stuffing a, uh, a rabbit's head into my pouch? Well, actually, let's have you do that. So you want to go ahead and grab a the the rabbit head that was dropped. Yeah, so putting this into my gear real quick, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, see. let's say that uh, that is a defy danger rule. When you act despite an imminent threat of, you know, these gnolls attacking you, um, say how you're going to do it. And I think you said you're going to try to just sneak up and do that. Uh, well, I, I guess um, that panda had uh, had shouted very loudly, and so I'm like stuffing this thing in there. I look up, and uh, it looks like I'm sort of being uh, caroused to respond, and uh, I'm behind this thing right now at this point. Uh, so that uh, it seems like a good opportunity to try to stab it in the back. Okay, so you're so you're trying to fight the gnolls. You're not worried about the rabbit head. Oh, I, I mean, I just sort of. 
real quick. Sure. Can I can I do those two things? Um, if you want to try to sneak to a place where you are behind one of the knolls and they're like not aware of you, you can absolutely you go, can try to do that. You should go with your rabbit thing because I have something I can do that will make that much better. <laughs> okay. So so geographically, uh, to me, it sounds like I'm behind the thing, uh, behind the knoll. Um, uh, what what's the game plan here, guys? If you go for the rabbit, I will cast a spell that will make it worthwhile. All right, so so I'm stuffing it, starting to stuff it in my bag. I hear a loud shout. I look up, and then you continue stuffing your rabbit. Dawi, what's going on? All right, so if if that's his action, I will cast uh, my first level uh, spell, fear, cause fear. I choose a target and a nearby object. I pick the knoll closest to Sulzberg, and I make it terrified of this half rabbit that you just picked up. <laughs> okay, we can say that that's the uh, the knoll with the mace, the one that uh, uh, Madog shot or zapped with the magic missile. And so you're going to try to make it afraid of this rabbit corpse. Mm-hmm. And then, like so- in my mind, it's like, oh. This tricksy, like untrustworthy halfling, he must have known that like this would be like a combo move we could do. All right, all right, he's got some ideas. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. I'll roll that. That's the shit rabbit, but got uh, twelve. That's pretty good. All right, so when they are afraid of this item, isn't it that they have to flee from it? They have options. So their reaction is up to them. Flee, panic, beg, fight. Uh, and then while it's ongoing, I'm negative one to cast a spell. So, Okay. Um, I think in that case, they... Um, fuck. All right. They straight up, uh, they run out of the door that if you're looking at the map, it's on the north wall to the right. They're like, yeah, ah, and they're kind of like barking and making like a whimpering like, dog noise. Can I throw my axe to stop them from entering the door? Um, if you want, I think it wouldn't be insane to say that you're close enough where you can just attack both of these gnolls at one time if you want. Okay, I attack both gnolls at the same time. Sure. Um, but ooh, actually. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, so I wanted I wanted to give uh, Sulzberg an option here. Um, no, I just sort of, uh, you know, do do your thing with the rabbit, and uh, at that point, I'm kind of I'm stepping back and seeing what happens here. Okay, can well, I, this, can this... I can I like grab because he's a halfling, so I grab Sulzberg <laughs> with from one leg. Please, please don't throw me at them. Yeah, I throw it. The fastball the... special. Yeah, I throw it at the at the one uh, that is scared of rabbits, and then I try to kick the other one in its face. Sure. So that sounds like a hack and slash, and maybe Sulzberg can help you out depending on how it goes. So go ahead and well, make it. I'm, I'm airborne right now, and so I'm panicking and maybe going for my dagger. Yeah, that could, that, that could help out in a moment. So go <laughs> ahead, Wally, and roll a 2d6 and add your strength bonus to it, or your strength modifier, whatever it's called. All right. Ooh, I rolled a 7 for the d6 and then my strength is a uh 
I imagine it's two. Yeah, two, two yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, so on a nine, here's what happens. You're going to deal damage, and they're going to deal damage to you in turn, but if the game plan really is um, to involve Sulzberg in this, Sulzberg, you could help the Dirty Panda out and kick his nine up to a ten, and he can avoid being hurt by these gnolls slash really extra kick their asses. Uh, all right. Uh, so this is uh, something that's happening whilst I'm airborne or uh, before or after? In Either before or in the process of. We'll see. In the so process would, of. Yeah, you would roll 2d6 and add one since you have a bond with him. Okay. Uh, six. Six. Okay, so unfortunately, this doesn't go well for you. <laughs> all right. So what that means is uh, the Dirty Panda's roll doesn't get kicked up to a 10, and there's going to be some negative consequences, unfortunately, for, for you. Hey, bro, I'm making you hard, my dude. <laughs> just making you hard, man. I'm just making you hard. Okay. Um, so could, in this situation, each of you roll a D8? Uh, I got a two. I, got, got a two? I, also, I also got a two. Oh, that's that's not bad. This is the damage you're taking, so you want it to be fairly low. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so you suffered two damage. If you have any armor, though, that armor subtracts from the damage. Oh fuck yeah, dude! I got two armor. So there, that means you literally suffer uh, no damage. I have one leather armor. So, you, so then you suffer only one damage. And then Wally, could you roll the damage you're dealing to the this knoll slash these knolls with a d6? Your damage should be a d10, right? And it might have bonuses to it, depending on the stuff you chose for your weapon. Okay, I rolled a nine. I think the um, the knoll with the spear, you do indeed kind of like, uh, I think you try to grab Salzburg and fling him. But the problem is like, uh, I think this knoll is is uh, a little more a little more ready than you think, a little more prepared. And he just kind of maybe... Uh, like like scr- scratches at him with his claws and um it hurts Sulzberg a little bit and he stumbles kind of backward but then uh, as this when that, when, goes, that, when that happens I just look down and go soft yeah not hard yet um, hey, what and, the fuck? and then you need and so then you when it goes to uh when it goes to like hit you with this thing it's kind of off balance and you are able to cut through that spear and just absolutely kill this one and I think even um, take a like, slash at the one that's trying to run away and um, now at the moment there is a knoll who is at that door t- on the north wall to the right and it is uh, just going to open that door and anybody trying to do anything might you guys could just let it Go through that door. No, dog. Let's fucking kill it. So, my dog or mad dog? We, we let it go and follow it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It it runs. It opens that door. It pulls it open, and it like like making the like a like <laughs> noise. Like heads in that way, like a hurt dog. Now we have them just where we want them. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so you guys are in this room. There is yeah. the corpse of one of these gnolls. So this this gnoll just ran through that door. 
it pulled the door open and it ran on through. All right, I'm going to chase after it just like last time. Okay, so you're going to just run in that way? Yep. I'm going to stand and dust myself off after just being chucked across the room. Okay. All right, seeing Mad Dog run off or totter off or whatever it is, I'll feel compelled to like shadow him. I was like, come on, lads, keep up. Old man shouldn't be leaving you in the dirt. Okay. Uh, Mad Dog, could you make a defy danger roll for me? Sure. And I think it's of like acting acting quickly enough to see to see something in a moment. It's my specialty. So I rolled a natural six and what's quickly dex? Probably. Plus one. So seven. So seven. All right, cool. You get into this hallway that I've put down in uh, row two on the maps page. And you are able to see that the Noel ran kind of straight ahead and went through this door. Okay. Didn't the one on the uh, bottom left? Or no. You know what? Fuck. Yeah, the Noel went ran this way and went uh went through the door to the on the right. So he initially opened this door on the bottom left. Uh-huh. That, that's in the room that you guys are mostly in. Yep. And you can hear this door close. Which one? The one in the bottom right. In my head, I keep, in my head, I keep thinking you can see where my cursor is. I apologize. The, the one on the far right. The one on the far right. Yes, I apologize. Okay, okay well, de- right. definitely want to search these other rooms first. Definitely, we. Definitely you know, gnolls are cunning creatures, and he was just trying to lead me into a trap. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what's called the double trap, which is where it turns the trap back on him by not following him. Ooh, <laughs> who knows what secrets will be behind these doors? You know. It's definitely on something. I'm gonna go to the smaller room in the middle. Okay. Well, let's 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 hold off on a second uh, with that because you're so you're in here. You've got that, and yeah, there's you know that there's a there's a small uh, there's a small room on like a cave face, like a natural stone, and you can feel like there's maybe a uh, what is the term a decline where you're kind of going like a little bit lower as you go to the right. And this is kind of becoming more basement um, underneath uh, like the floor level of the castle. And there's that room to the left, to the upper left. There's a square room up there. You want to check out this smaller room? Yes. There? Okay, cool. So we'll have you can have you do that in a moment. But I want to say back in the first room, what are the Dirty Panda, Sulzberg, and Dowie Doll up to? I'm following. Okay. Oh yeah, following. I figure Mad Dog's about to get himself in some trouble. So, sure, makes I feel sense like, to. I, I feel like Mad Dog is, um, you know, uh, he has the rock, and so I'm just following him. Okay, and I've I've already dusted myself off. I'm gonna kind of like, like motherfucker throwing me across the room. Uh, eat a couple beans, uh, and then uh, bring it up the rear, and so last into the hall. All right. Cool. So, uh, yeah, you guys are in this hallway and you are, um, Mad Dog, you're just going into that, that room kind of in the center. Right. Yep. Sure. Um, I think when you go to open the door, it is locked. Uh Uh-oh. Hmm. 
Uh, I'll look around and see if the thief's around. Yeah, yes, can, I, like, can I pick locks? Absolutely, you can. All right, let me uh, get out my little lock uh, lock picking uh, toolkit, and uh, I guess I'll I'll give it a go. Earn Sounds my key. Good. So yeah, so you can roll your move called I think tr uh, tricks of the trade. Tricks of the trade. Tricks of the trade. All right. I, uh, when before well before you say that roll, I tell Dowie, can't you touch the rocks again? I say. Oh, Toth's gifts aren't meant to be abused. Uh, only I can know when he, when his favor shines down. You, you wouldn't understand. Uh, your heart's in the right place, but don't worry. Leave, leave that. Leave that to me. I slowly just hold your hand. There you go. Like I was, I'll just assume this is a human, very like human, <laughs> like sign of respect. My hand is slick with like sticky old beer. And it's, it's incredibly hairy. I then look at my hand. Meanwhile, while this show like of affection is going on, <laughs> uh, I have my tools out in there. They're in the thing, and I have gotten a 9 plus 2, 11. Pretty damn nice. good. All right, so you're able to crack this lock open no problem. In fact, you're like, man, this was this was a cinch. Not a problem at all. Barely, barely any effort. And uh, yeah, you're able to open this up. And I open it up and step back and let uh, whomever wants to go through first go. Yes, yes. I, I step in first since I'm like the go-hong guy. Or the go-ho or whatever. <laughs> the go-home guy. This adventure is over. Yeah, that's it. I'm out of here. Fuck you guys. I'm going home. You know what? It's my ball. I, uh, I push back uh, uh, Mad Dog, because I feel like he's too old, and I just step in. Inside, uh, the room is very, very dark. In fact, it's pitch black. It doesn't seem to have any kind of room, uh, windows at all. The, oh, uh, the, the, area, light on my the area, the area of the hallway does have like a few like windows or torches, not windows, um, like torches or candles in it, so that you can see as you kind of walk around. But this small room does not have any. Uh, any light sources? You're gonna cast light. Yeah, on my staff. Go for it. All right. Uh, do I have to ca ca uh, roll for cantrips or no? Yes. The big thing with cantrips is you just always start out with them. Like okay. you don't have to like adjust them for your spell book or that kind of nonsense. So I rolled a, f uh, a total of a five. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna be like, uh, I can never remember the last part of this incantation. Was it? Um, Fugit or Flamo? Flamio, yeah. hot man. Flamio, hot man. Um, yeah, so you're you're like I can't remember what this thing even is. And um, well, hold on, no, no, no. I got a, a plus two on it, so I actually oh. got uh, a total of a six. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Well, well, somebody can, somebody could help you theoretically. I I have that exact same spell, so I I could try and help them. Sure. Yeah. You're like it's it's this. It's like it's like this. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, what, what, what's your guy's name, Toph? You're like, no, you my, just have to say praise Toph at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> obviously. And then praise Toph. <laughs> oh, but, but your god's a lie. I don't I don't understand how it works. I, like, oh, you poor, addled, simple man. There, there, it'll be okay. And I'm like, where? what did you cast the flame on, the light on? His staff. Your staff. staff. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll like release it and give it back to you. It's like there you go. Oh, thank you. What was your I, what was your roll, Carl? I did it. I got a nine. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he helps you roll roll that um to, to get a success to cast this spell. Your staff is now lit up. And uh inside you can see that this is a small windowless room uh lit only by your staff's light. Uh, the light gleams and glitters on chests and treasures tumbled in a heap. In this room are bags of coins, pieces of armor, and potion bottles, along with bones, bits of stale bread, and moldy cheese. All that stands between you and these treasures is a horrible worm thing with a tentacled mouth. And it's coming right at you, my dog. Could you make uh, a... Uh, I assume you don't want it to be attacked by this hideous monster? Well, I mean, if it's between me and someone else, then I'd prefer to be attacked. But other than that, no, I'd I prefer it, not to be attacked. Cool. Could you uh, make a defy danger roll for me to get out of the way of this thing? Okay. I rolled uh, a six. You rolled a six. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> um, could could somebody else scam. who's, who's I, maybe... I roll, I roll. Yeah, level up in no time. Well, okay. someone could help me by like pushing me out right. of the way. I was going to say, yeah, Dirty yeah. do you want to grab him yeah. and... Uh, do that. I, I grab him and I throw him at. Uh, wait, who am I grab? Who am I throwing? Mad dog. I uh, I throw mad dog to Dowie. Okay, so go ahead and roll two d six plus one for your bond. Nine. Plus Nine. All right. Ten. Hey, awesome. Yeah, so you grab him and you move him out of the way, and you see, you see this creature, this worm-like creature with a tentacled mouth. Um. And it's, it's kind of like flailing these mouth tentacles at you, dripping weird goop uh, from these tentacles. Take that, you know. I, I, try, <laughs> I, just, I try stepping on oh. it, like just like smushing it. Well, I think that it is um, about three to four feet tall. I still try to do that. You're just going to just, just like, I'm just going to kick this thing in the head. Yeah. Okay. So that sounds like a hack and slash move. Yep. I roll my d10. Oh, fuck. Well, no, you're going to roll 2d6. Okay, cool. Plus your strength bonus. Because right. you haven't... Yeah. I rolled an 11. That's pretty damn good. Okay. Yeah. So with an 11... By the way, I rolled my d10, and the d10 was a 3. So yeah. I'm glad I got to roll. Well, there we go. So uh, then in that case, now roll your d10. Um, I roll my d10. 10, mm-hmm. baby! Alright. Nice. So, you uh, chop at this thing with your axe, and I think you cleave, like, straight through it. It has kind of a flimsy carapace of an exoskeleton that doesn't even matter at all to your mighty strength. Um, I turn around and look directly into Suli's eyes and go, soft, like you. <laughs> so, the, here's one. here's one rough thing about it, though, I will say. <laughs> Oh, um, could you, uh, could you roll, um, 2d6 plus your dexterity? Uh, fuck. I rolled a six and then my dexterity is a zero. Zero. Okay. So, um, as you cut through this thing, some of the goop from it, alien style splashes on you. Um, somebody could help him out. Though they're putting, they put themselves at danger in this situation of also being engoopened. 
Someone with Pass. high dexterity. Pass. Uh, <laughs> not, not a chance to show that you're not soft. Dude, um, silly. You have two oh, dexterity. <laughs> Fucking give that to me. Madog's doing it. You would be. You would yeah, be. Yeah. Help, you'd be helping him, so it would be a. Uh, it would be plus bond. Who's off now, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I have a bond of one. Uh, so I, <laughs> I got a total of a six. Okay, so all right, this is the party of almost good enough. <laughs> so you, you've just so uh, the dirty panda just moves my dog out of the way and uh, chops this giant tentacle worm grub creature in half, and um, some of this goop from it like sprays on the two of you, um, and you run into a slight hiccup, which is you're like, oh my skin. Oh, and it starts to almost affect your nerves for a moment. And you find that you're not able to move paralyzed. And the reason why this is a big deal is because from that door, if we look at the hallway from that door on the far right, um, in come uh, two orcs. Oh boy, what an exciting adventure we're already on. For some reason, I'm supposed to be a very powerful wizard, and yet I'm not willing to go on this adventure. Seems like a slight oversight that whoever wrote this in 1995 didn't really think through all the way. Thanks for joining us today on This American Dice as we play Dungeon World, Dungeons and Dragon Balls, a reimagined version of the 1995 Dungeons and Dragons box set. Our cast for this episode includes Wally as Lady Dirty Panda, Alex as Sulzberg, Carl as Dowie Dahl, and Lee as Madog, who I sometimes call May-Dog or Madog. My name's Austin, and I'm your Dungeon Master. Music for this episode includes Remember the Way by Midair Machine and Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Pernier and Miloslav Kolar, though flip the order when they occur in the episode. Dungeon World is a game by Adam Cobalt and Sage Latora. Dungeons and Dragons is a property of Wizards of the Coast, but back in the time that we I bought this thing, it was TSR, so who knows? Join us next week for another exciting episode of This American Dice. <laughs>